one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's Irish Times Second Captain's Podcast. We're coming in off the back of a bank holiday weekend. Owen and Murph here, all refreshed. Hello there, Auntie. Uh, Ken is on the way to France today. He should have landed in Marseille by now, but you never know who's striking at any given time in France. So hopefully mm. he'll be on this show to tell us what's going on in the Irish Times. Maybe whoever's in control of the internet in France at the mm. moment the is on strike. The are on strike today, which probably means <laughs> Ken's not going to be available. We'll check in with him later in the show. And I'm Murph, I know you're concerned, first of all. For me and my fellow dubs this uh, weekend. I am. I'm delighted to report that we did find our way to Nolan Park without incident on Saturday night. Yes, we got into the ground on time. Yes, we had a pre-match pint in Huan Ming Huan Chinese Bar and Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. Bar and Restaurant beside the ground there. No, God. the general public in Kilkenny did not seem too bothered about a game no. of Gaelic football. Taking place. Were they were they, were they genuinely shocked, or did they, or or was it just complete indifference? Uh, I would say indifference, but now in fairness, I wasn't in the heart of the city. I, you know, when you you drive, I literally. <laughs> we've you dri- got we, in and you no, got we, out. We, we, oh, we, that's we, good. Yeah, we've driven to games together. You know my my tactic in turn, parking. Turned for home about five miles from the ground. Yeah, pretty much as soon as I come off the motorway, I just want to park right up there. Yeah, you're basically you want to be the second farthest person from the ground at any stage. So find the person who's parked farthest away, park. A little closer yep. to the ground than that guy, and then that's you. Yep. So, talk me through what you what so, you went from there. Well, I parked parked there. Uh, yeah. Where did you, how did you manage to find yourself in a Chinese restaurant drinking beers? Well, this is I was gonna I was gonna try to explain why I didn't quite get the pulse of the Kilkenny okay. people. Okay, so I parked the car as far away as possible mm-hmm. and w- continued to walk towards the ground. But you know that walk in Kilkenny, it's not. <laughs> it's not the prettiest walk on the eye, as no. a former Republic of Ireland manager might say. You're walking past the graveyard, you're walking past the more industrial outskirts of mm. Kilkenny City, and then you get to the ground. So I didn't really get into the heart of the action any further than that. And yet just beside the city, uh, city end terrace, there is 
what are they called? Juan Ming Huang's. I actually know oh, the. Oh, I actually Ming know Huang's the fast food restaurant you were talking about. I can see it in my mind. Fast like, food restaurant. Oh, it's so much more than that. So much more it's than a bar. Like it's a sorry. restaurant. It's. It's just. It's just so much. But the atmosphere. <laughs> do you want me to talk more about that, or will I tell you? About no, the I, I think. I, I think. You're, you're, I think you filled in most of the gaps there. Yeah. The, we stood on that terrace once upon a time, me and you once, yeah, for Waterford Wexford. Exactly, yeah. So I stood, I stood there again for this game. Yeah, that was Waterford Wexford in the qualifiers. The, the, the that ago. that terrace, I saw the funniest thing I've, I think I've ever Go seen on, on a uh, at a GA game on that terrace. Mm-hmm. Is uh, you you know the story I'm telling? I'm about to tell, don't you? Go on. It's of a six year old girl with a mobile phone written all the way up her arm. Oh, the number. The parents yeah. have written the number on the <laughs> so, arm. Yeah. So if the kid, if lost, please <laughs> return to this number. <laughs> If the kid just wanders off, That's you right, just yeah. pick up your phone, rig that mobile phone number. Well, that. I was standing about five feet from a gentleman, Murph, a fully grown adult, who mm-hmm. probably should have had a mobile number written for him because he was, let's just say, I, d- I, don't, know how much of, I, I don't know how much of the game he actually took in. But aside Truly from that, over-served, <laughs> he was over-served in the Chinese bar and elsewhere, I would say, on the way to the ground. But the, oh no, so there's a really good atmosphere throughout, it ebbs away a little bit when the game uh, starts dying off. But when Ono Cara came on, he was the real cult hero for the day because he was coming back from his cruciate injury. He got booked. Got mm. to, Ono Cara is a direct, some would say aggressive player. So anyway, he gets his booking. But I actually thought he kept his composure quite well for the most part considering the way he was being defended. I think it was Garoad Hanrahan. Apparently, apologies if I have the defender wrong here. Mm. And number 17 for Leash. You know the way Rory O'Carroll defends at fullback, where and he's not the first player to do this, but where they face the wrong way intuitively, rather than facing the ball, they're facing their own goals mm. and blocking the player in behind, so they're not even allowing the player to to make a run. Now this leash defender was doing it no matter where the ball was on the field, whether it was sixty yards, a hundred yards out the field, whether it was ten yards away, and a pass was being played into O'Gara. He wasn't looking at the play at all. It was fascinating to watch, and how O'Gara. Or any player, it's so annoying. It just must be infuriating. So anyway, anytime a guy did anything, like he he caught one ball, he managed to get away from the clutches of the defender, caught a ball, laid it off, and a penalty accrued. The crowd went absolutely wild. So it was just that one. You're waiting for him to score. If the if Onagar had scored a goal the other day, the cheer would have been like done the one in all Ireland, but <laughs> it didn't quite happen. But it was a, a nice day out. I think we should do it again next year. Uh, oh yeah, why not? You know, uh, crowd was pretty disappointing though. Yeah, it was. And yeah. crowd in Thurdus was kind of disappointing as well. But anyway, the yeah, I mean the Nolan Park thing, it was ridiculous. Oh, it should have gone somewhere else. Sorry, yeah, it yeah. should have gone to Portlaoise, obviously. But I mean, yeah. it, it should be taken out of Dublin again. Oh I, yeah. I, I they might say, well, look, you know, there were less than twenty thousand people, and we can make more money in Croke Park. I don't know yeah. how these. Well, things, or maybe pick the right venue in the first. Pick Portlaoise. Go yeah. to the ground where yeah. it's a pretty Port Talchin. Port Talchin yeah. next year in uh, May or June. I would, I would, I would pay money to be. Anyway. There. I'm fine, I got back okay. Owen Kelly and Maggie Clerkin are going to be in studio in a bit to talk about Waterford's win over Clare. You were impressed by Waterford? I was, uh, Owen. Uh, and if you're asking me for an Ireland final prediction, and I know that you are. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> go on. You're going to give me one. I think Waterford, I mean, I, 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 I saw Waterford <laughs> getting to an Ireland final. Uh, that, that was my prediction at the start of the year. I now see them winning that Ireland final. Oh, you did? Yeah, you did predict that. So, you're so at the moment, yeah. basically, if you want to know where my predictions stand at the moment, it's for Watford and Mayo to win the Ireland final. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I think only one of those counties are going to win the Ireland You know, commonly... I don't people, really yeah. think that... Uh, they are unrelated entirely to squads who've probably never met each other. <laughs> Pro- maybe they never will. <laughs> but I, I don't think that there is enough you know, sort of cosmic energy to fire both of those counties to Ireland. That would so, be a hell of a summer. So now I'm throwing Mayo out. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Watford 
Are the horse to bet on? You know when most people make a bet on a team, for example, like Waterford mm. to go all the way, and then it starts looking as though they might do it. Usually you hedge the bet by go plumping for another team. You're doubling down and yeah. saying, not yeah. only are they going to go all the way to the final, they're going to win it based on this performance against Clare. What did you like about it? I just saw a lot of what you need to win All-Irelands and what they did. And, you know, win All-Irelands, beat Kenny. So, uh, they def- they just defend so well. There's There's something about the way that they attack the ball, which doesn't have any of the... I have a sweeper beside me. I don't really need to go bald-headed for this. You know, they're playing the percentages. Waterford know how to play the sweeper system perfectly, which is, you have a man to mark. You mark that man. You have a comfort blanket, but don't play like you have a comfort blanket. Beat your man. Physically intimidate, beat, bully him. That's what Waterford do. And they also have Tiger de Borca, who is the... like the. I mean, you're seeing now all of these graphics about how to play the sweeper, how not to play the sweeper. The... Example that everyone uses is Tag de Borca. That's how good he is at it. So he's they have that. They have defenders who defend brilliantly. They have ball strikers. They have uh, guys like Dara Fives. Uh, like Shane Bennett, Patrick Hearn didn't even play that well on Sunday. Uh, they have room for improvement. Uh, and they have in Austin Gleeson, like the guy's a force of nature. He's incredible, yeah. He's an incredible Hurler. And he's 21 in three weeks' time. He's not even 21 yet. Really? Yeah. Seems to have been around a few years. Yeah, I mean, he he scored a brilliant goal against Cork, was it, in a Munster? I mean, but he was 18 years old. I mean, the guy is just, he's, and he's getting better. He's he's progressing with every couple of games. It looks like he's maturing. He's, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, he's he's just evolving into just a really, really good player. You know, my dad stood in the square in Dungarvan in 1959 and welcomed his Waterford <laughs> heroes mm-hmm. home. Right? Yeah, he's a Waterford man, yeah. I'm driving him down. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say I'm not available for the podcast today after the Ireland Hurling Final because I'm driving him down to Dungarvan. He's going to be there on, and I'm going to be there too. So I just want... Well, that's I just all want fine. to put state that on the record. Or okay, maybe, I'm, maybe you could record the podcast early. Well, I was going to say that because we, if that happens, you have to come in and tell us this story. Yeah, I'll bring the other in as well. We'll do a special when we Waterford-based podcast after this inevitable All-Ireland <laughs> victory. But it's an interesting point you make about how they defend, actually, and how oftentimes when there are numbers back, there's a sense that, well, we don't really have to... A lot of teams do this in Gaelic football and hurling. Yeah. Get num- just get people back. But sure, that's... It'll that, take that, care of itself. That'll take care of itself, but it doesn't. And you even see it with maybe Leash against Dublin to a certain extent. Yeah, and yeah, just Waterford have... They have just the right attitude towards things. Uh, I was... Really, really impressed by them. I'm going to put that, uh, put your All Ireland prediction to Owen and Maliki very shortly. Now, after you're finished with this show, I urge you strongly to have a listen to our Ali tribute. Give a damn about the money, being shot, take the title, take it all, and go to jail tomorrow. This chump has got everybody scared. Scared of what? You told him I don't have nothing but a prayer. Well, chump, all I need is a prayer, because if that prayer reached the right man, not only will George Fulman fall, the mountains will fall. Oh, my God, he's won the title back at 32. This fresh young boxer is something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny. You saw him on television, there was no one more beautiful. You saw him walking down the street, he was a beautiful thing to see. He moved around the ring, he had style and class, he was tall and good looking. Everything you'd want from a boxer, wrestler, football player. And to be honest with you, 
He belonged to the arts because he had poem, poetry, he had it all. Sugar man met a false friend on a lonely, dusty road. Specimen, fighting machine. You know, it was handsome, it was articulate, it was funny, charismatic, and was whooping ass too. Yeah, that's Spike Lee speaking in, I think it was part of When We Were Kings, uh, that clip at the end there. A load of amazing audio in our very special show, including Howard Cassell and many of his interactions with Ali over the years. Tyson, you heard for George Foreman there talking about Ali as a physical specimen, as a somebody who should belong in the arts more so than sport. A load of great stuff like that. We also booted Murph out to get the real boxing experts in, Mark Horgan and Andy Lee. I will admit no, that... No offence to David. Certainly Andy Lee knows more about boxing than me. We were joined by the Reverend Jesse Jackson, Murph. I think it's, uh, it's the first time we've had a two-time... Democratic uh, presidential, uh, yeah. Well, he went for yeah, he went for the Democratic nomination on a couple of occasions in the eighties. So he put Ali's social and cultural cultural impact into perspective. He was in Ali's dressing room for the comeback fight after exile that was against Jerry Quarry in Atlanta. And he also told us a great story about Ali coming into Martin Luther King's hotel room. This is in New York in nineteen sixty seven to offer support as M- Martin Luther King was preparing his anti Vietnam speech. Uh, which is a really powerful sort of a scene there. And speaking of great stories, I think the star of the show was the legend, the one and only Jerry Eisenberg. There's been a huge reaction already to some of Jerry's anecdotes, which he told to me in his home in Henderson, Nevada, last year. His almost unparalleled ability to, to describe a scene and place you in the middle of it, I think, was in full effect. Mm. Uh, I particularly liked... Uh well, I liked all of it, to be honest, but uh, the Big John, is that, was that his name? Oh, Big John was a former, like, he was a real patriotic former CIA, CIA guy who yeah. was looking after Ali. Yeah, and I, what I just, what I, I really loved about that was that he worked for the CIA, he was, uh, you know, a, a government official, hmm. so was placed in, you know, direct conflict with The draft dodger, as, yeah. he, as he thought he yeah. was, yeah. And just that idea that Ali would be, okay, this guy doesn't like me, so that's a project. So I'm going to get this guy to like, yeah. you know, like this, that, that amazing way that he had with people that as far as he was concerned, if you don't like me, you just haven't met me enough That's times. a good point. Yeah, yeah, You know, this idea that like fame, like true fame, the likes of which maybe four people or five people in the history of the world have ever had. That's the level of fame Muhammad Ali had. And yet all of these people coming out over the last couple of days, I'm not sure we've all read all all of the stories, you know, like everyone just can't get enough of it. But everyone has their, oh, you won't believe the time I met Muhammad Ali. And it's, it's not one of these like signing, you know, a meet and greet. You know, the guy does a magic trick for people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, what? Like, you know, the worst magician ever, according to Jerry Eisenberg. Yeah. But it, maybe that's not the point. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I just I just kind of think it's uh, that's an amazing thing. You know, that, that, that's, that everyone was a project to him. And it's, if you don't like me. Just give me, just give me a chance. But it's know, absolutely just give the most famous man in the world. But it's a fine. This generation, I mean, we've got Cristiano Ronaldo who shares Muhammad Ali's confidence. Yep. Yeah, that's all that Cristiano Ronaldo shares. Well, with sporting Muhammad ability, Ali. probably. You know, Ronaldo is possibly, possibly is yeah. uh, physique, and then oh yeah, physique, yeah. and then not much of a cultural impact. Well, in a way, in a di- in a different kind of way, Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo has yeah, a cultural impact. But you know, people talk about cultural impact. You know, you see the see it on uh, Wikipedia pages. Cultural impact. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo once um, <laughs> once appeared on The Simpsons. <laughs> you know, that's cultural impact now, uh, as opposed to risking jail yeah. time and your entire life and career yeah. for uh, we'll principled stand. There, the 
the interview with Jerry, as I mentioned, took place in Henderson, Nevada. It was a funny one. I, I wrote about this in our annual last year, and Jerry, we've spoken to him loads over the years on the phone. For those of you who don't know, he's just this incredible journalist. He's one of the biggest names in journalism at that time. Spent a load of a load of his early years in his career. Not even early years. He was probably get, getting into the meat of his own career when Ali came along. He was there for the Liston, the first uh, Cassius Clay, Sonny Liston. He was there for basically everything and was very close to Ali. But Jerry can be a little bit gruff at times. Even when we were on the way, I, I hopped in a taxi on the way to... Jerry's house from Las Vegas airport. Literally every other taxi was on the way towards the strip. And I hopped in a taxi and the guy, I said, I'm going to Henderson. And the guy was flummoxed. He's like, Henderson? You know, what, what would you... Anyway, lost his way along the way. And I eventually had to put him on the phone to Jerry to try to explain where he was. Henderson's a small little sort of city slash town in the hills above Las Vegas, about half an hour away. Put Jerry on to this guy to explain where to go. Conversation went on for about 40 to 50 seconds. The man was a little ashen-faced by the end of the conversation. I think he had taken the brunt of Jerry's gruffness and ultimately decided to leave me back at the taxi rank rather than risk the wrath of Jerry while trying to get me in a futile attempt to get me to his home. So another taxi driver knew how to get me there and went, had an amazing chat. He was so good to me. Even at this, as soon as I walked in, he starts walking me around the house and showing me all this memorabilia that he had from his career as a writer. It was so, a lot of it to do with Ali, but a lot of other great stuff as well. A lot of it to do with his dad, who he had a really close relationship with he, but he had done all that before I'd even got the recorder on you know was, and I was thinking this is great but I'm, I'm, I'm missing all this or everyone else is going to miss all this so thankfully at the end of our chat I just asked him would you mind if we have a few minutes just to walk me around again and, and go through a few of the bits so you'll hear that little a little snippet from that uh, tour that little walk around uh, at the very start of that interview do take some time to listen out for that podcast if if you get a chance Matty Clerken and Owen Kelly are both in studio lads how are you? Good on. Murph here is getting very excited, very, very excited about the prospect. In very fact, the, bullish. the near certainty, Owen, of a Waterford All-Ireland win this year. <laughs> Calm him down here, please. Calm him down. <laughs> yeah, when was the last one? 1959, was it? Yeah, so, 59, uh, yeah. Well, it's a shoe now, according yeah. to him. He was impressed. Were you impressed at the weekend? I was impressed, definitely. And Waterford are playing on a consistent level. And I think if you look at any of the teams at Kilkenny, they were always playing on a consistent level. So Waterford seemed to turn in that performance week in, week out. You know what I mean? Which does give them a great chance of winning silverware. But the hype of an All-Ireland at like, no, I just relax for a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a monster final there. Um, you know, now over the last 15 years, Waterford have, they've, they've, including this year, they've reached 10 of the monster finals. Like, you know what I mean? They've won four of them. So if they can pull off this one, they have a 50, 50% record. So they're the top team in Munster in reaching monster finals. But you have to be winning them to really get um, that belief and confidence going forward. But uh, they're going the right direction. Yeah, and I suppose what has me excited is, as you say, consistency of performance, but also what you need to beat Kilkenny, which is energy, commitment, uh, strength in defence, and a couple of really top-class hurlers. And Waterford appear to be tipping, t- uh, ticking a lot of the boxes you need to, to beat Kilkenny, and, that, like, they're the, and they're the benchmark. They are, and they have a manager that really looks at the other opposition and knows how a game plan can work to beat them, but knows to get his own team right. Like, And I think he won that battle. Like, you know... Clare were flat on the day Waterford were up for it and the key thing is getting Austin Gleeson on the ball as much as you can and I think we see Derek McGrath was able to perform that Yeah, that Austin Sunday. Gleeson is absolutely ridiculous it's worth just holding that for a second for people who don't watch that much hurling or maybe see, see bits here and there I mean he looks 
He's just he was ridiculously good at the weekend. He seems to turn that in. No matter what position the field he's in, he seems to turn that in. There was a score he got in the league final, and I actually watched it again and rewinded it back on the, the Sky Player. And I just he, he was his both feet were off the ground. And I seen a picture in the following week in the paper, and I says I was right. I wasn't seeing <laughs> seeing aliens like that was, he's, that was the one on the turn. There was one on the turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just he's pulling off tricks, lads, that people aren't even seen doing. Like, but you know, and what I like about him is he's talking now about a team player, right? He had his six shots, he had his hundred percent record. You could say last Sunday, but I'm sure now if he misses one or two early ones the next day, you'll see him picking out a guy in a better position because he has that skill, that quality to give a pinpoint accurate pass. Marky, uh, uh, Waterford for Liam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've sort I of full throated support for my idea well, I'm looking for. Well, it's just, I was thinking actually, Murphy, as you were listing out the things that they need to kill, beat Kilkenny, um, you didn't get to how many goals they're going to score against mm. Kilkenny. Mm. And I still think that that may be what catches them somewhere along the way in an All Ireland semi final or a final. Is that where the, Morris Shannon comes in? How, how important Morris is to this team? Sure, but even with Morris, uh, they don't, or at least the way that they've played so far, they haven't shown that they're that they're going all out for goals or that it's even really in their mind a lot of mm. the time. Their goal yesterday came off a mistake. Um, it was he finished it well, but the Clare defender was Patrick O'Connor. Tried to stop the ball in his hurry. Oh, it was Fitzgerald. Tried to stop the ball in his hurry rather than catching it. Yeah. Should have been cleared. There was a point, maybe 20 minutes in or 25 minutes in, Kevin Warren hit it from the, the left sideline. Colin Dunford was yeah. mild. Nobody, nobody, like the closest people to him were in the crowd standing yeah. in front of the goal. And Kilkenny played that ball in. They, they, they're looking, right, is there a goal here? The Colin Fennelly... You know that Colin Fennelly will never take a point. You know, on, but uh, they're, the last but they're looking. Yeah. The, the, and and what you see, what you have with Waterford is a team that, like, I think, I think defensively, God, they they really incredible. are incredible. <laughs> like they are keeping teams down to pot shots. They're keeping teams down to seventeen, eighteen points. No sniff of a goal. Go one sniff of a goal yesterday, and Saki saved it. Uh, I would just be afraid that. When it comes to it, not afraid. I my my the thing that they have left to prove, I I would say, mm. is that they can score two twenty two when they have to. I don't know if they can yet. That's that, yeah. and, that, and that that will be the one the one thing that they haven't proven yet. What I would say though is that they're improving fast. Yeah, you know that yeah. that in the last two years. You, it's nearly game on game. You Look, can see they're evolving was, defensively was, and also up the other end. Yeah, and and expectation wise as well. It was funny yesterday. Derek McGrath was saying it, and and it was, he reminded us that literally this weekend last year they won the Munster semi final uh, and beat Cork, and there was a huge outpouring from the stands, and it took McGrath like half an hour to get off the pitch. <laughs> and when he got in, he was not raging, but he was kind of wryly saying. That at least five people, including my own father, he said, yeah, says, yeah. says, says, said to me, "Well, at least you're in the All Ireland quarter final now." <laughs> yeah. And there was none of that yesterday. Yeah. There's absolutely no, that, none of that. That mentality has changed. You know I mean, you read and, yeah. and Derek is very open, very open in talking to the press yeah. and the media. It's great, like you yeah. know, but you can see the mentality changing. And I think deep down, Kilkenny and Tip. He picked off two wins there in the league, like, and that was just to mm-hmm. say to his boys, "Look, lads, we can mix it here with the 
perceived top two teams. So if Tip get through to the Munster final, which I expect him to do, mm-hmm. that's where he's going to pick up his first uh, bit of silverware that he will really want. But it's, it's easier said but than as done. As I say, Owen, if Tip are in the in the Munster final, you know. Bubbles and Shamey are going to be going for goals. Uh, Bonner's going to be running through, looking to set up people for goals. Do Waterford, can Waterford put up a big enough total to match that when it really matters? Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's that's the question we don't have the answer to yet. Yeah, and what are Tipperary making of all this? If, if, we're, if we're talking about Waterford hype and all the rest, is, Tipperary you usually uh, really uh, embrace this idea that uh, you know put down a, a little uh, a little marker in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, look, I w- went on record saying that I thought Clare were going to be the Munster champions this year, you know. They hadn't won a Munster final since um, 98, and they've only contested mm-hmm. one since 99. So it's it's a massive, you know, it's, it's a big disappointment for Clare. And I thought Clare, a bit more experienced than Waterford, I would have put them down as, you know, but they're big players that just didn't show up. So, you know, Tip will have their hands full with, with Limerick um, in two weeks' time. But, you know, I, I think Tip will get through that. And I think it'll be very interesting to Tipperary Waterford Munster final if Tip get through, like, because, you know, I mean, I think. Derek McGrath, whichever team gets through, he will be game plan prepared and mentally prepared. But if it is Tip, um, he it'll be inter- I think Tip will get through, and I think uh, I think Watford. Their defence is really so tight, like that. The Shamey Canlins and the Bubbles will find it hard to open up uh, the, the Watford uh, defence. They didn't last year, and they'll find it hard again Actually, this year. Actually, can I ask you one? This this is something that struck me yesterday. Will teams have to start marking Tag de Burka? Push up on him, push seven, up on him, have a give, seven up v seven, or or make. I was wondering yesterday, like Derek Honan was playing all the way through the first half yesterday. And he got taken off. Like he, I'd say he was unlucky to get taken off only because like Conor McRae was having a mare, and I was surprised that that you know that Honan went before him. But I was kind of going. Like he was being played out of the game, not by his marker, but by the fact that De Burka was was sweeping in front and mopping everything up, and he has become such a factor. Oh, back definitely. There yeah. See, that, the, the, sweeper that I becomes, the sweeper becomes a problem when you're chasing the game. Yeah. And Watford got a great start. Morris's goal had a couple of points on the board. Clare had their wides, mm. so Clare seemed to be always that four points behind after a certain length of time mm-hmm. like I know Clare drew it back to I think they draw, draw a level but they, they, came were, back cha- level, they yeah. were chasing it all day yeah. really you could physically see that they were chasing it all day you know but so. you just wonder should like should uh, after 20 minutes should Honan go and stand on the Burka and make Barry Collin the sweeper uh, like force Waterford into making them change up a little bit because the Burka is just lording games back there he he's he's mopping everything up and his distribution is perfect yeah but especially the way Clare play they could have one inside maybe mm. two like they really leave it leave you isolated inside mm. Shane O'Donnell was inside for a lot of that time I know John Connell was in there too yeah. but he kind of pushed it out a small bit so you know maybe if they had to go three inside mm. you know just go back to the orthodox way you would have been asking questions well but I think tactically Derek Derek got it right and won that battle last yeah time. well I, I think Tip will play at least two inside, maybe three, and that'll be a different ask for De Borca. But I mean, if you're if you're putting Shane O'Donnell in there and asking him to win yeah. primary possession up against you know up against his own marker plus Tyg De Borca, that to me seems you know it, it, it play him to play to your strengths to some to to some degree. I mean, if you've got a small, fast guy like Shane O'Donnell, I mean, 
putting him in there to just be marked by three men just seemed yeah he must have turned Waterford like he just he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't swung a stick in yeah. in either game yeah and I, I, the first game it kind of yeah. it strikes me that you know he's turning into like an Ulster football corner know, forward yeah, yeah, yeah. from the early 2000s you <laughs> know it's like Benny Coulter yeah yeah, 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 yeah Benny yeah, Coulter exactly yeah yeah, yeah where he's just ba- he's just basically put it there it's like well this is Jed uh, best see, look, hopefully you'll get yeah, through see it see at half time yeah. Yeah. see yeah. at the meal after yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's horrible like you know what I mean but that seems to be the trend now you know mm. but like the Waterford defenders they can all play ball like Shane Fives yeah. you let him off on his own mm. see him in the Munster final last year he popped two scores from 80, 90 yards unlucky probably not to be an all-star like you know but uh, yeah it's not just about it's not just about defence it's about distribution Oh, defense and how you transition I mean, that's that's what Waterford seems to be doing they, and they can do that they can all things. play Darrow Fives is back this year I suppose last year he, uh, he he broke his leg if not once I think he might have broke it twice there in the last kind of two or three seasons so he's coming back into his own now and he's having a massive influence in that Waterford uh, defence as well you know he's really settled in they're a top class player as well like. we were talking about uh, Tony Kelly a few weeks ago and the way we're talking about Austin Gleeson today we were getting excited about Clare based mm. on some of what they produced in those in those league finals what happened? They just didn't seem to... They didn't fire a shot. They didn't, know. It's gas now. I'm sure their next team eating will be, look, lads, was it, uh, was it the meal? Was it a uh, different time between the meal and maybe getting to the warm-up? Was it, did they do an extra warm-up? Was it the training before? Everything will be analysed. I remember 2010, we had this same kind of performance against Cork, and every single thing was analysed, from the warm-up right to the team bus. Everything, music on the bus, every single thing, and that's the way Don Logan, Davey will be, and that's the way it is. So... They just they look so flat. Is that they must have got it wrong coming into it? They must have overcooked it coming into it. Maybe they played a club game. They they played around the club games. I think a week after the league final, maybe they they didn't need that. Maybe they needed uh, to go hard training and take maybe ten days off coming into it before it. You know. So I don't know exactly, but to see him so flat, to see so many of their top quality players so flat, that's the disappointing thing. And you know, if if the top quality players with your team don't fire, a lot of times these teams don't win games. Yeah, and it's it's that's been the the way though of of things with Clare in the Munster Championship, as you say, for the last fifteen or sixteen years. But uh, as well since Davy, that's one thing that Davy hasn't been able to change is Clare's terrible record in the Munster Championship. I mean, is there a possibility? And, and to be honest, I'm actually only trying to think off the top of my head why it is that they just can't perform. But here comes a Murph theory. But you know, the, the, <laughs> I, I can see the cogs. I can see the cogs. The hamster on the wheel. Yeah. But the. They've had this date in their heads for seven months. Fifth of June, is it, you know they, they've won brilliant games in the qualifiers. They've won all Ireland through the qualifiers. But is there a, a, a sense that if you are fixated on one game for the length of time that Clare no doubt have been fixated on this game, the fifth of June against Waterford, that they overthink these things? You know that they, that they, you you talk yourself round into you know uh, into a circle uh, over games like this that they, you've. That date is in your head to such a degree that you just it, it takes over the whole preparation and you end up just it, the whole thing just passes you by. Yeah, well, there was obstacles probably got put in the way that they couldn't have anything to do about it with the league sem- the league final replay. Mm. So there was an extra week last year. Well, maybe a hard week's physical training was supposed might be have been penciled in. So that that's gone. You're around the club games has to be put into it. But maybe they took the eye off the ball. You know, maybe they did clap themselves off on the back because it was a first league title since 1978. Like, you know, I remember Nick English 2001. Uh, we played Clare. We were playing him four weeks later in the first round of the World Championship. Played him in the league final. We came in. He just caught the cup into a bag, put the bag up on the shelf, and said, "Look, lads, forget about." It. And it wasn't mentioned. Yeah. It wasn't even. I don't even one or two celebratory drinks. There wasn't even. They wouldn't even call them celebratory drinks. But it was championship. You know. So this is probably new to Davey Don Logue. Don Logue never won a league title either as a player. 
Right. No, he did. Um, yeah. He wasn't in goals in '98. Jerry Cunningham mm. was in goals. So, you know, this is something that they had to deal with too. That was new territory, let's say. Mm. So they the obviously didn't, well didn't handle is, it right. Um, there, there's a comfort blanket in the qualifiers for Clare. Yeah. Like they're all able to say, oh, "Sure, look, we won the All Ireland through the through the qualifiers." We, yeah. you know, this isn't. I. They can all absolutely, and I don't doubt any of their sincerity about they want to win a monster title but they know that they can win an All-Ireland through, through mm. the back door I I mean you couldn't walk away from, from that game yesterday or Sunday thinking that they're done for the year um, I, I think they are like you know in horse racing you forgive a horse a bad run you know you, that, that that really can't have been them you know and that they, you can't have a game where Conor McGrath has yeah. Five wides and Tony Ke- or six wides and Tony Kelly is four. You know, you just yeah, that's the, that's just not not them. Yeah. You know, and um, they they will be there. I mean, they will be in an All Ireland quarter final. They almost certainly be in a semi final. I, I think I think they'll be in the in the last four, the same as Waterford. But um, they it, it was just curious what they were yesterday. Um, they they or again on Sunday that. As you say, on like once the big players don't do it, you're waiting then on on the newer guys. You're like Connor Cleary popped a point, David Fitzgerald popped a point. I actually was going through afterwards, totting up the the scores. And sometimes with teams, it's easy to tot up score because there's only like four or five scores, and some guy mm. got one ten. I was at the Offaly game on Sunday, man. Yeah. It doesn't get any easier than Offaly. <laughs> Sh- Shane Dooley plus cut it in half. <laughs> That's basically uh, what it was. One eleven every day. Yeah. <laughs> Where. Uh, I think the top uh, Clare scorer had three points or something like that, yeah. you know, and and there was six or seven and seven or eight different scores, and you're just going, kind of going, what what a completely atypical and curious event that, that it was that they just turned up so out of shape. Does it burst the bubble a little bit? We we've chatted about Donlog's impact and the excitement that players get when somebody like that comes into the coaching setup, but is is a defeat like this so dispiriting that the players? Start to doubt what impact he's had and what the and how the year is looking. No, I don't think they will. They've won a national league title. You know, what I mean that's superb. So if they dwell on if they dwell on that, which they could have maybe in the in the build up to the the first round game with Water last Sunday, I don't think. No, I think they'll still have the faith in in the backroom team of Davy, Don Logan, Paul Knirk, which those three names really come to the forefront when you mention Clare. You know, but like you have Dublin and Kilkenny on Saturday night. Kilkenny are carrying injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Just say Kilkenny do get dusted. Uh, home draw for Kilkenny in the qualifiers down mm. in Nolan Park for Kilkenny being there done that doesn't end well not a nice place uh, to be you know so like your whole season that you've planned can be just thrown completely off track but you know look if Clare can have a favourable draw that's what we're saying here if they can have a favourable draw you know and get their momentum they're still a dangerous team, yes. Oh, is there any chance of Kilkenny getting dusted by Dublin? Oh God, every chance, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's, yeah, there's like a, a, a sort of a movement starting in people's heads. <laughs> I will, uh, I, and and as somebody talk about being there, done that. I have, I, I think the last three or four Dublin Kilkenny uh, championship games. I have got the prediction so wildly wrong <laughs> on either side. Uh, I remember, what, was it the 2011 or 12, the game down in Port Leash? Oh, yeah. Where, it, where uh, you were going, like, there's a real chance here. The Dubs yeah. are coming in. This, yeah. Oh, so Dublin had won the, won the league, obviously. Yeah, yeah 2011, I'm, I'm pretty coming sure. Coming in 
playing Kilkenny down there and it was it was lashing rain. I remember meeting Nicky English on the way in uh, to the game and I says, well, what do you think? Like, there's, there's a real chance here. Yeah. And Nicky just looked at the heavens and says, on a wet day, go with the best hurlers. I don't get Dublin a hope. And yeah. they got <laughs> hammered. They got beat out the gate. So I would, you know, always would be slow to say that, that Kilkenny are in trouble. But they're, they'll be going in without Richie Hogan. I'm not sure about Michael Fennelly yet. This Dublin, and, and the old Dublin, and even last year, always had a hiding in them. You mm. know, they could, they're, they're always liable to get a, get a kick in. I think this Dublin, they're, they're a bit duller than Anthony Daly's Dublin. Mm. They're a bit more functional, but they're very structured and very disciplined. They keep their shape ridiculously well. They, you know, I, I think that they have it, certainly have it in them for this to be a game with five minutes to go. After that, you know, who Kilkenny back-to-back All-Ireland winners, so you can't really say that anything against them. But there's definitely a hope, uh, definitely a chance. And they have, five, they have five days now to try and break the clerk and hex. You've given oh, no. Dublin every chance. Oh, no. I think if you know, I didn't make any sort <laughs> no of prediction anymore. <laughs> Only really make, make a prediction on that one. I er, think Kilkenny will still get over the line. I just think they will. They have to go the direct route. Like Brian Cody knows he can't afford to be in qualifiers picking up an injury here an injury there well, so. why can't they afford surely they're strong enough to no their panel is not stand, no. is not the squad that they had we'll say even last year they had a stronger squad last year because Richie Power was kind of coming back you know what I mean um, Jerry Aylward was playing last year so they've picked up they've lost those two guys uh, obviously one through retirement one through a bad injury and then they've more injuries so you know it's, it's a banana skin for them but they seem to get that performance they know um, coming into games when the chips are against them maybe they like you know a chip on the shoulder coming in saying everyone's writing us off. You know, they'll, they'll get over the line, but I'm, I'm, expect, I'm hoping that it's going to be a good game. I don't think we've had uh, we've had what we've expected this year so far in the championship. Yeah, hopefully know? it'll light up. I do have to ask you: Can you remember what the music was on the tip bus that that was that was the cause? That was of the your cause life. of. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't back down. I think Tom Petty was that. Oh, it? oh really? Yeah, yeah, we're blaming Tom Petty. That was <laughs> this, this, I think we actually still played it for the rest <laughs> of the year. This is Malachi on British stuff. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Mm. You remember my grandmother, no disrespect, when I used to get in trouble, she looked at me and said, hmm. And I knew a butt whooping was coming at the back. I'm an alien. Think about it. Roy Jones was born. Jane, Jane, James Tony is born. Iran Barkley is born. But I'm telling you right now, I'm an alien. Tell me why I'm not. Explain why I'm here. I'm an alien. I should have been on this game 15, maybe 20 years ago, man. And then that's why I said I'm an alien. I'm an alien. Tell me why I'm not. Explain why I'm here. I'm an alien. But I'm telling you right now, I'm an alien. Just Google it and get your own information. I'm an alien. You should be going. I'm an alien. Google it. I'm an alien. Mm. I'm an alien. Well, two revelations during that interview. Murphy, I never fail to be surprised by hurling chat. Firstly, Donal Logue never won a league title, mm-hmm. which I just can't believe. <laughs> he was part of such a dominant... I just assumed Cork would have won one over those years. And Owen Kelly is not actually an alien. Not an he alien. He feared he might be an alien when he <laughs> saw 
Did, is that what Owen said? Did he said I, I thought um, I might, might be an idiot when I saw when I saw Austin Gleeson levitating while scoring a point, mm. but then subsequently the photo was. We're always confirmed. happy to confirm that our guests are not aliens. Yeah, indeed. Gleeson is. I, maybe we were harping on about him too much at this stage, but well, he's the sort of guy that you can harp on about yeah. because he's so exciting. And if you don't, the point I was trying to raise with Owen there: if you don't watch the sport necessarily too often, it's. I think it's good to latch on, especially in the summer. It's good to early to latch on to certain players, mm. and he just has that sort of skill level and drive about him that uh, he plays these different positions did he start a full forward the other day and yeah he could, he, could, he could honestly play anywhere bar he was yeah, playing in the goals. full back line and doing an extremely yeah. good job and he's just amazing everywhere yeah full so forward. I think it's no harm yeah and up. he is like he's just there is something about the, the wildness with which he plays the game that he's obviously he's he's in a team that plays to a very specific system but he manages to play with such uh, with such uh, such abandon, mm-hmm. uh, it's the sort of abandon that hurling folk get a little misty eyed about. On. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's uh, he's he's something else. All right, let's get over to for the first time pre Euro twenty sixteen to France to find out what's coming up in the Irish Times Second Half Football Podcast. That's, yeah, they have asked for that. Really, well, you can laugh. I'm the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. Hi Ken. Hi Owen, how are you? Great, how are you? Where are you? Uh, I'm in the old town, Owen. Uh, Wait, which old town? Marseille. Oh, beautiful. Just back to an old stomping ground. Oh yeah, well we'll get into that in the football podcast, I'm sure. Whether you've met any of your old teammates, etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, I'm not going to lie to you, Owen. It's pretty. I'm actually just wearing my pants as I speak to you. No top. Uh, no. Sorry, nothing. when you say when you say pants, are you talking I mean, your underpants? underpants. Oh, <laughs> you're in your no. underpants talking I to am. us. Where could you at least? You know, show a little a, respect. A, a veneer of respectability. I mean, lies. I'm sorry, in I'm sorry. it's just very hot here. It's really hot, and I don't have any air conditioning. So, air conditioning or hair? Con- sorry, air conditioning. Air, air, air conditioning. Yeah. The air oh, got yeah. plenty of hair, plenty of air conditioning. Although, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the heat is going to do. I know it's, it's going to frizz things damage. up a little. Yeah. All right, what's coming up today? Uh, what's coming up? Uh, we're going to talk a bit about football alone. Uh, Euro 2016 is just around the corner. Oof. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit about that in Ireland, particularly. We've had a, a couple of little uh, media squalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing quite on a France scale, it has to be said, in the lead up to this tournament. Uh, but a couple of little controversies. Nonetheless, we have a controversial, a straight shooting managerial duo. <laughs> And uh, and they've been saying some things and then apologising for those things that they said. Ken, so yeah, we'll let you go to put some pants on and get that football show ready. Listen, to be honest, you might as well not bother now. I mean, the damage is done. You can broadcast the football show in your pants at this stage. I mean, the image isn't leaving my head anytime soon. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Owen. <sighs> You're right, Murphy. Image is lodged. Mm. Got to forget about Seared it. Let's play brain. some sort of inspirational Euro 2016 audio bed to get my mind somewhere else. players and even the supporters, they all have to change their mentality. Oh, 
We're a small country and listen, we're up against it, but let's not just go along for the sing song every now and again. Yeah, the reason to play that is but A, I love the bed. Mm-hmm. B, we can forget about semi-naked Ken. <laughs> I think. Just I had bit. just forgotten it. I have you. semi-forgotten about it. C, to remind you that we'll have daily podcasts all next week and during the tournament. And D, it brings me to our scumbag. I've got a call here that says, you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh, God. That's just it. I just wow. mentioned, not you, no me. Okay. Ain't nobody with my click. We don't normally click. broadcast click. all the, the stuff click. that comes from scum click. around the country. Ain't nobody fresher than my mug, mug. Click, 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 click. Oh, we've got a real rotter here, Murph. This guy is a scumbag. A scumbag. That's him. Rupert Maitland is a... Now, what was the... What did Tomas O'Shea amend that to again? Scoundrel or rascal? What was scamp. it? Scamp. Yes, our scamp is Rupert. We could actually change this to... No, 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 it's scumbag. Yeah, scumbag's better. You're right. Stick with it, Tomas. R- Rupert uh, Maitland. Rupert Maitland oh, says, God. Dear Second... What? Sorry, that's just a really a very scumbag name. <laughs> dear Second Captains. Two things. Great show. Thanks, Rupert. Could you please correct a mistake? Roops. The second one. Screw oh, you, okay. Rupert. But anyway, here we are. My feeling for your music come commentary mashup montages can only be described as hair-raising. Brilliant, transcendent stuff. That mistake, though, no worries, no need for a lawyer. Here's the thing. When you were reviewing the Shane Long mashup with the Screamer against Germany, one of you said you liked how the German commentator says, Shane Long, bah, like he was pissed. But he wasn't. He said, Shane Long, bah, as in B-O-A-H. That's German for, do you know? Wow. Yeah. Was that wow. just a guess? No, it, yeah. uh, uh well, yeah, no, I, I, I actually made the point. I obviously just expressed it badly because it's more, I, I didn't think that he was pissed off. I actually just thought that's, that, that he just kind of goes, whoa. No, he said, you said it sounded like he was pissed. Yeah, no. I, As in, that sounds like drunk, which he wasn't, by the way, just in case his German commentator yeah. happens to be, <laughs> He's listening. seems very professional. Anyway, he had goosebumps. The whole atmosphere blew him away. You could hear it. So he wasn't being a bad loser. He was loving the game. Four World Cups or no, I reckon he might be a bit envious of Irish soccer. I think you're on the same wavelength as Rupert yeah, here no, anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, we, 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 uh, initially, I was annoyed at Rupert. Yep. But we, we, you know, we're, we're, ba- we're back. Be- Thanks, Rupert. Before we wrap this up, Murph, if people read Jim McGuinness's column in the Irish Times today, which they should be doing every week, they might see a little Well, I hope Stephen Rutford and Imfitz have to Imf beat the dubs. Picker, yeah. yeah, let's um, uh, br- briefly mention... So he gives a few ideas on how you go about beating Dublin. I would suggest have a warm-up that's as intensive as theirs for a start. Just my final point on my trip to Kilkenny was how insanely intense the Dublin warm-up was. They basically play a match by mm. the time they actually get out in the field. Hence, they're able to score two goals in the first few minutes while Leash had a more, uh, what looks like the kind of warm-up that I'd say most teams have. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, what does McGuinness... McGuinness will have some proper points to make. Well, the headline is the five simultaneous game plans needed to be done. <laughs> Just the five. Uh, yeah, so there's a bit to work on here. Um... But yeah, uh, press the kick out. Two large men 
in your full forward line. Yeah, three players in the full forward line. Forget about only having one or two up. Have three yeah. in there and make sure two of them are man mountains. Yeah. And uh, say your prayers. <laughs> but no, it's, it's actually really good because, I mean, obviously everyone is, this is the question everyone is asking. Uh, well, actually, it's, the question everyone is asking is, will somebody beat the dubs? Yeah. Jimmy Gaines is asking, how do you go about beating the dubs? Which is a slightly more involved, slightly more complex question to ask. And uh, yeah, I mean, he says himself, this is my plan. Maybe another manager has a different plan, but I don't think... Another part of this five-prong game plan is to put somebody in at centre forward who can occupy essentially put your best footballer in there that's so that they the can concern o- so that person can occupy Keno Sullivan because you see he, the other day Keno Sullivan's ridiculous in how, how well he covers space and he does that sweeping job it's hard to do that if you're marking Colin Cooper for example mm. although he did, he's done alright in Colin Cooper in the past yeah and I mean that's, that's the thing you can plan for is to have a Brian McGuigan mm. Brian McGuigan type playing at number 11 who has brains pace power to actually run at Keno Sullivan run over him or run around him just basically keep him keep him involved uh, I mean, if you're male, you're probably thinking, right? Do I have? Do we have to actually have to play Killian O'Connor at centre forward to keep Keno Sullivan busy? Well, maybe you, you do. You might have tried something different. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you, maybe that's what that's what you have to do. That's that's the one part that you can't, you know, tirelessly work on and and get right in your own head. You need the that, that's the the, the, it's the not only really game plan. It's a personnel issue. Exactly. You need your exactly, guy in there. Which, yeah. uh, which uh, well, you know, Mayo and Kerry have players of that ability. Sure. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's he's always readable, McGinnis. And in fairness, he did beat them. He did beat them. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Murph. Thank you. All. Our first football pod from France will be out today. And a reminder to take a little bit of time and listen to our tribute to the greatest. Take care. I would hope they would stop this fight. Savage. This fight should be stopped. Angelo is telling the referee to stop it. Bundini is arguing. He pissed on his own dignity. Nobody did it for him. All right? I walk into the men's room, 3 o'clock in the morning. It was the greatest quote I've ever heard about Ali in my life. It's an old gentleman there, black fella, handing out towels. Now, I say old gentleman. I'm probably older now than he was at the time, but I was 50 then. You know, uh, and he, he was probably in his 70s. And he handed me a towel, and I said, Sir, you mind if I ask you a question? He said, No, go ahead. I said, Did you bet on this fight? He said, Yes, I did. I said, Who did you bet on? He looked at me like I, I was a Martian or something. He said, I bet on the man who gave me dignity. Man, it sh- showed me how deep that really cut. He didn't say, I knew he would win, or I hoped he would. He didn't say anything about winning or losing. He said, I bet on the man who gave me dignity. That's really the way to remember Muhammad Ali. This phone is like, that's the second time it's gone off. Never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.